Hello there, everyone. Welcome back here on Eat, Meditate, Live. It is now, what is it? Episode 9, meaning I've been um, doing this podcast for 8 weeks now because I believe I had 2 episodes 1 week, so time flies, I would say. And this is Season 1. I plan to have 10 episodes this season and will take a break to refresh myself, just like the topic that I will be talking about this week on um, taking a vacation. And I will take a vacation mentally so that I will be fresh and be able to give you um, better podcasts in the next season here in Eat, Meditate, Live. <clears throat> this week's episode, I want to do a spin-off of um, our episodes uh, episode from last week. I'd like to talk about traveling and how to plan for it to make it well less toxic to plan. And I would say like a caveat here that this week's episode is about planning um, mostly for a European trip or a trip, I would say. Um, if you're like a traveler like me, I am not a crazy traveler when it comes to planning. And um, I would say this episode is more about planning slash tips on how to make your uh, vacation more enjoyable rather than go crazy moving from one itinerary to another or thinking about, you know, things that you shouldn't really be thinking about but are thinking about just because somebody said that you need to do this or do that. If you're a traveler like me who likes to just go um, and be adventurous and do things in the spur of the moment sometimes and just be spontaneous about things, then this might be your episode. Um, if you listened to my podcast last week, you know, I just wrapped up a 13-day trip to Europe, which included Italy, Switzerland, France, and Malta. And mind you, when I say Italy, I was just not confined to one city or area, uh, but I actually traveled from Milan to southern Italy, back to Milan again, then to other countries like Switzerland, France, then Malta, and then back to Milan again. You probably would wonder why I did that. And uh, just to explain that I did that because my entry point into Europe was Milan, and I found that Milan is actually uh, very convenient to go to from one country to another in Europe, although a lot of the countries in Europe are like that. But Milan in particular, like as a city, was easier to go to from, you know, if I, if I, if you plan to go to German, I mean, Switzerland or um, France and whatnot, because it's, um, Trenitalia takes you to a lot of these places and they're just so convenient in terms of like the geography. Um, so anyway, that trip, that uh, 13 day trip, I would can we just say four week a two week trip. The two week trip actually prompted a few of my friends to ask like, how do you even plan for a trip like this? Like from one of so from one of the conversations I had um, earlier this week with a friend, I realized that maybe I would give her an answer through the birth of a podcast episode. So here I am. Welcome to episode nine, and I am Katmi, and you are listening to Eat. Meditate, live.
All right. So as a caveat, as you listen to this, I want to say I consider myself mostly a jack of all trades, master of a few. And that is why in this podcast, I talk about different things. I love the experiences I have that are brought on by spur of the moment ideas that I have. And I'm just like that. I am a, I am Mars, um, my birth planet. And, um, and it's the same thing with topics that I discuss here in the podcast, which is why I love this podcast and its theme, because there is no theme. I mean, I talk about different things. I talk about meditation a lot, probably, and about like travel, probably, or, you know, but I just talk about the things or things which inspire me week after week. And I talk about it to you. And I'm thankful for all of you guys who have like been listening to this podcast. I'll be, I'll be, I, I always say like, I'm doing this podcast for fun, but there are people who actually listen and have told me that they've been listening from episode, like one episode to the other. And I'm thankful for all of you. And again, I'm a jack of all trades, master of a few. And I want to share to you the things that I learned and talk about it to you here in the podcast. And that also translates in the way I travel. And this is where I want to talk to you about my style of traveling, which, as I mentioned earlier, if you're like me, will take the bulk of, you know, exhaustion. Like, you know, the style of traveling that I do, I think will take the bulk out, you know, of the exhaustion, which many people, you know, feel, unfortunately, during their vacation. Um, how, honestly, like how many of you have said that they want a vacation after a vacation? I've heard that a lot. And I think I've said that once or I think once to myself back in the past, but I've not said that before. It's just like I, I give myself time, some time to like recuperate after a long trip. And um, the style of traveling that I do, I feel like it's less exhausting um, compared to when I see other people travel, the, the style. And I'm not calling them out. It's their way. They probably enjoy it. So guys, whatever float, floats your boat. But if your boat floats the way my boat floats when it comes to traveling, then listen up. And um, and I really don't want to be um, a hypocrite and say like, I never get tired up after a vacation because I do. But I have to say, like, much of that is because of the jet lag and the time spent on sitting at airports and airplanes more than anything else. I mean, I've traveled uh, once on a business class on Emirates, and that was good. And I wish I could, you know, just fly. I can fly through business class each time, but I can't. So there's that. Um, and also, it wasn't like I was tired because not because I was busy walking around in London or taking trains in Europe, right? So that really also kind of like explained why it was tiring, but, you know, enjoyable at the same time, like taking those trains and, you know, walking in, in Europe. It, it, it was just fun, but exhausting, but then worth it. But, you know, you know that burnout that people feel during their trip? I attribute that a lot to a highly structured vacation. You know, the kind of, you know, vacation where it has tons of itinerary or an itinerary, a really rigid one that makes people wake up at 6 a.m. 
I mean, yeah, sure, that helps a lot of people. And again, whatever floats, floats their boat, then, you know, and it's really up to you if that's how you want to spend your, your day while on a vacation. And I truly get that. But again, if you're like me, I almost don't do itineraries when I go on my vacations, even though I go, say, to really nice countries or a really nice city outside the country. I almost don't do itinerary. And I only do a few things which I consider regimented. And that in the end helps me feel like vacation is not as exhausting as many complain it to be once they've, you know, unpacked their, you know, things and stuff and are back to their homes and, you know, try to settle down back, say, wherever your home is, like, for me here in California. So, yeah, listen up if you want to know how I structure my vacation. So first, like I said... I do not do itineraries. I mean, at least not the rigid kind that lists activities to see day in and day out. However, I what I like to do even before I leave for a trip is I actually look for interesting interesting things to do, or in a place you know to see in a place where I I'm planning to visit. I don't go too crazy, but rather I sort each one out, and that is really something I like to do. I sort things out. Well, you know, learn what interests you. What do you like to do foremost when you visit a city? Or, you know, figure out, are you an art patron? Or do you want to just like go to a place for photo ops or visit places that are Instagrammable? Or are you someone who loves architecture? These are the things that you have to figure out when you are keen about making the most out of your trip. Um, I would like to say that never mind that other, you know, what other people recommend on TripAdvisor or because if you go on TripAdvisor, you'll see that there are, you know, there are, um, how do you call that conversations or forum about like places to go, what things to do or what to, what to visit. And, and, and I wouldn't be hypocrite again. Like I would say that I do that. I go on TripAdvisor or just Google, like things to see or things to do in, say, Malta. And I pick out things that interest me, and that's how I sort things out. Um, yeah, you, never mind what people say that you should do or you must do or you must go to. Even your friends, what, you know, it helps that they tell you, like, where's a nice place to eat or where's a nice place to visit. But at the end of the day, you alone will own that experience in the end. Like you, you're the one who's going on vacation. You should be the master of your vacation, not your friend who tells you to go to this place or that place, or not some random person that you saw on Instagram that told you where to go and what to do, because you are the owner of this trip and you are, you know, the master of this planning. And for to me, it involves very little planning. Um, you know, it's not going to be your friend or that trip advisor reviewer who will feel the pain and the disappointment of finding out that, you know, like example, that the Mona Lisa is just a small piece of art in real life. Mind you, I'm not undermining Mona Lisa, but like when I saw it the first time, I'm like, oh, oh, this is the Mona Lisa. It's, it's so tiny. And yeah, sorry, but that's how I felt. Or, you know, it won't be your friend who will be disappointed to find out that Big Ben is 
nothing really that big, like literally not that big. And, you know, or that, you know, there is really not a point to shop in Hong Kong because a lot of the shops there are here in the States. It is you, my friend, alone who are, in the end, like I said, able to say if a place or a food in a place is, you know, worth all the hype. Just you. So figure out what you are and figure out what you want to do to make the most out of your trip. And then when you figure this out, go from there. For me, since I'm a foodie, restaurants are the first thing that I search for. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's what, you know, I search for the first thing. Things that I often like to Google and research on is what are the best foods to eat while in blank? Say, best foods to eat while in... Where where to have Iceland. That's that's their, I think, fish and chips and um, lamb, right? Or something, whatever. What are the best restaurants? Like, that's for me. And again, I look at I look for restaurants locals go to. I mentioned that in my previous episode. Because if you, again, you listen to that episode, this is, I feel, where you get the best food. And in my opinion, for the lesser money and without being caught in a tourist trap. And I understand this may be hard when you're traveling with teens who are so caught up in TikTok, in the TikTok craze, and want to go places that TikTok recommends. Yes, that is a challenge, and that is the part where you probably will need to compromise. But one thing I want to advise you, though, is for you to try to influence your younger kids' preferences when it comes to traveling as much as you should about their lives in general, if they are still at that stage where you can't influence them. And because this will really help like mold your teens or your kids into the travelers that you want to, you want them to become. If you want them to become like you, it's, it's the good time to like, you know, mold them into that, influence their decisions or influence their, their likes and, you know, so that you'll have a an easier way of planning for vacation, especially if you go to a lot of vacation. So going back, once you figure out what sparks your interest, go from there and plot them. Even if in your head, if just if, even if in just if just in your head, like throughout the course of your trip. The other thing that I also like to do, especially when I'm traveling to a place that rather has a lot of history to it or things to see, like Edinburgh when I went. I get on a hon, like a hop on, hop off or a city, uh, you know, sightseeing bus or those shuttles. Some countries, they have them in big buses. Some countries have it small, I think. Um, I'm not sure. I went to one country where they have their sightseeing bus in a small bus. Um, but yeah, get on a hop on, hop off or city sightseeing tour bus. I live in the East Coast and work in New York City for 10 years, and for a while I thought these buses only existed in New York. But of course, as I traveled to different countries, I found out that they are actually all over different countries. I went to Edinburgh and Glasgow, and they have these buses. Even in tiny Malta, like even tiny, tiny Malta had one. The benefit I realized in getting on these sightseeing buses is the benefit... You do not have to think. 
You just need to get on the bus and the driver and the tour guide do everything for you. You don't even have to wake up so early because like myself, I don't like to wake up early. You just need to know the schedule of these buses and these buses go around and round, go around and round, go round and round that they almost operate from early morning to the late afternoon. And like, you know, if you're in New York, they operate till evening hours. So the important thing that you need to do is you get on the bus and note, and this is from experience, not all the places they talk or um, tell you about in those rides is actually worth visiting or worth knowing, but there will be some or maybe a lot that will spark your interest. And that is why we, why I choose um, to do these tour buses because you can cover these places without getting off the bus and in the end, you can just pick out a place or places that you actually want to get to go to where you want to just, you know, hop off and then, you know, spend an hour there or so and then hop back onto the bus. Sometimes what I even do is just get, you know, just get off on most of the places that interest me. And if I have time, then, and if I'm really keen on visiting, then, then I just like, you know, come and visit that some other time. Maybe during the day, if you have enough time, like say, like when I did the um, trip to, where was that? I think Glasgow. There were really, really a lot of like places to, that really interested me. So we just like rode on a bus all throughout the trip, like the whole route. And then after we finished the whole, like riding the whole route, we just pick like a place that we wanted to go back to, me and my daughter. And then on the next round of um, the trip, we just got off the bus and hopped off the bus and then visited that place that we went to. The same thing with San Francisco. I noticed they're really like, they have hop on, hop off buses. And there's, there are only like a few places that you might actually want to go to and visit. Anyway, so that's a hop-on, hop-off bus part where you would probably get a lot of like help in terms of covering places that you want to see during your vacation. Another tip in planning a trip is purchase those tours if you're really into those tours, which I'm not, ahead of time. Um, although I did some of the, you know, not really a package, but like an activity while I was in Hawaii. You know, the tours and activities that interest you, buy them ahead of time. And you know this, you probably know this, that this is only not to save you money, but also the hassle of, you know, getting a spot. Because some of these um, tours or activities, they they sell out. Case in point, like when I went to Hawaii in um, June of 2021, I bought some activity tickets from, how do you say that, Viator, viator.com. And I managed to snag an activity. It was for the for the for the manta ray. Sorry, the man, that was an alarm. For the manta ray um, sightseeing, and I snagged that um, ticket for you know lower price. But um, although I have to admit, some of the activities I did then, like I pro- procrastinated and did not go get hold of like the activity tickets. Apparently, what I found out it was that some sites like Viator, Viator, are based in Europe, 
And for you to even buy the ticket, it takes a day or so because it needs to go from through through like Viator's office in Europe, and then it comes back to the company where you're um that's managing the the activity or the destination, say a tour of a castle or whatnot. So you wanna buy them ahead of time because buying it same day will not guarantee you that spot or that ticket to that activity or that that site that you want to visit. And also, again, on top of that, you save money. Also, in making these purchases ahead, you will not have to worry about credit card expense. And that's a major thing, I, I'm pretty sure, not just for me, but for a lot of people. You, you don't have to worry about like racking up your credit card in just one billing cycle. You actually you know, are able to, like say, you buy it two months ahead, then you, you know, you don't have to worry about the credit card expenses, like racking up at the end of your trip. You're able to like break it down into, you know, different months for payments, right? That makes sense. Then also there's a, you know, purchasing. Oh yeah. That's another topic, but yeah, do that. So the other thing that I want to, um, talk about oh although I wanted to say that for the activities if you're not able to book them like in on third-party sites like viator viator.com what I did for an activity that I missed out on um, during my trip to Hawaii last year was I actually went to um, the company that that sold the ticket for the for the activity I went up to their office because it just happened to be you know where we would get like the shave ice. And I asked them like, hey, this this site says you no longer have available for, um, what was it? I'm not sure. So let's just pretend it's like the snorkeling. I think it was a snorkeling activity. Hey, we, we don't have, your site says you don't have this, uh, any more spots for the snorkeling activity tomorrow. Do you happen to have like any last minute, you know, um, like cancellation. And often than not, my experience is they would tell you, if really there's no way for you to book it ahead, then there's this tip that I want to share with you to just come up to the company or call them and ask them if they have last minute cancellation. And often than not, they will tell you that they do. If not for that day that you want, maybe the next day. You'll, you're almost like guaranteed to find something. So moving on. The other burden that a lot of people have is um, purchasing airline tickets. And I mentioned um, some points in my podcast last week uh, about purchasing ticket. So from my experience, it is best, um, you know, to search for tickets on Mondays and Tuesdays. I know this is debunked as a myth, but in my experience over these years of like really buying ticket, like buying tickets, for me, this really works. It is still cheaper to buy tickets in the early part of the week. It is also worth buying tickets with arrival dates that are not on weekends because they tend, you know, they tend to be cheaper. And the other thing that I notice when I use the same, you know, notice is that when I use the same like IP address when I search for tickets and don't know if I'm just imagining this, but again, this podcast is about like, you know, tips based on practical tips based on my experience. I noticed that when I use the same computer or IP address when I search for um, tickets, 
the price, and, and if I search them over and over in the course of days, they actually get, you know, the price actually gets steeper. And so sometimes what I do is I use a different computer or I pretend to be searching for a different date so that quote unquote big brother doesn't track my, my search activities. And then I also mentioned about different payment methods in my prior podcast, I believe. And yeah, different pay methods that you can employ to pay for this um, airline tickets in advance so that it becomes more affordable. And that is to, you know, and one of those ways that I, I found recent, found out recently is for you to take advantage of those like pay in for schemes or offers or that, you know, utilize zero interest or low interest. But a lot of these pay in for payments, they actually have zero interest and they really help a lot. So, and that's what I use. Like, um, I found out, uh, you know, hotel, like not hotel, airline tickets, say like Ryanair and EasyJet, they offer this, um, you can make a payment through one of the options besides credit card is that you can make payments through PayPal. And if you have like a, an established, you know, record with PayPal. And I don't even know if they discriminate whether you're established or not, but if you have a PayPal account, they will actually offer you paying for a payment, um, payment option to make these uh, airline tickets purchase possible without having to pay for interest. And that will, will help you plan for this with much ease. Um, you know, plan for, plan for these things with much ease. Okay, so now you have your tickets, hotels. Hotels are really almost straightforward. I use hotels.com, although I was in a, I got in a fit with them. Um, I had a fit with them like last night, but that's been resolved. But I use hotels.com a lot because I found that, you know, Airbnbs can be tedious, especially with those owners having so many fine prints, like you have to wash your linen before you leave or you know, you have to throw out the trash. And I'm thinking like, why? Isn't that the point in staying with you so that I don't have to worry about these things? Like, I don't have to worry about these things when I stay in a hotel. Although, of course, one of the advantage just is that, you know, you can cook probably if you stay at an Airbnb that has a kitchen, right? But like my my beef about Airbnbs is that when they tell you to like, wash the linens before you leave or clean the house before you leave. Like, no, bro, that is your job. And this is why I'm paying you. And now they also have like cleaning fees that are really ridiculous because it's not regulated by Airbnb. It's just the owner that just like randomly throws this like figure in there. And that really bugs me. So that's why I use hotel.com, hotel.com. Um, I want to add um, that in Europe, besides the, the hotel that, you know, the, what you pay for the room, you also have to think about the city tax that you have to pay on top of your hotel rates um, that you might have already paid online. So when you go into a place in Europe, depending on where you are and it varies, you can, you, you can be charged eight, as much as eight euros. I think other places, I'm not, I haven't seen it more than eight euros, but the, the most that I've seen it as at, um, was eight euros per person. So 
it's worth knowing that in one of your stays, it, you know, like that you will need to pay cash or a credit card on top of what you already paid. Um, in Italy, I believe it was eight euros or in one of the states, I think it was in Geneva that we paid eight euros and on top of what we already paid for. Um, it's also nice as part of your planning to know that, you know, like if your hotel offers breakfast, because I love like breakfasts that are offered in hotels in Europe and in the Philippines. Breakfast is so much better when they're like when they're offered at these hotels. It's not just like you know the uh, Cheerios that they offer for Conanana breakfast here in the United States. You know at the hotels that you stay in, but like in Europe and. In the Philippines, especially, is legit breakfast, like full-on, I know some, many of you probably don't eat rice, but full-on like meal for breakfast. And that is like exceptional breakfast. And the same thing with Europe, like you have, you don't have, you're not offered Cheerios or like, ugh, like pancake that's like, ugh. you actually have like cheeses that are really good quality and like cold cuts if you're into those things and best yogurt, best milk and whatnot. So think about that. That might also take up, you know, you know, not take up, but like reduce the budget you have to allocate for um, when you're planning for trips like this. Um, and yeah, breakfast for your hotel stays in the Philippines. They're almost always like automatically included in what you're paying for. And when in Europe, find hotels that are near the metro or the underground, but what because that just makes life more convenient. And a lot of the major cities in Europe they have, you know, the underground or the metro, and that makes it convenient for you to, you know, move about from one place to another. And also, like in Berlin, the hotel it will also be worth you know finding hotels as part of your planning that offer this city pass for free. Like when we stayed in Berlin, um, we stayed at the inner city hotel um, near the Berlin Hauptbahnhof and they offered free um, tickets to go from one metro station to another in the city. And that really made, you know, commuting very convenient for us in Berlin. Uh, also, yeah, cause you, you, you have to think about the luggage that you carry. And especially if you're just coming from the airport, a lot of the luggage, uh, a lot of these, um, a lot of the metros or the train stations don't have like luggage friendly accesses. So it's hard to lug your luggage in this not luggage friendly metros and train systems in Europe. So that's something that you have to think about. So if you're if you're comfortable with just backpacking, bringing a huge backpack, that might be easier for you because having those stroller bags may not work as easily. Um, the other thing that I want to not forget is that um, transfers from ho like from from the airport to your hotel. A lot of major cities in Europe actually have train systems and um, they call it like airport express trains 
that will take you from the airport to, you know, to the to the central station. Like a lot of these um places in Europe, they call the main like the equivalent of Grand Central as like the central station. So like Milan has a central station, and they have an airport express that takes you from Malpensa directly to. Um, Milan Central Station, London has the same, um, what is the other, um, Heathrow has the same, and the other airport, what is that, um, Gatwick has the same, and you shouldn't worry about, like, finding your, um, your ride from the airport to, to the Central Station, because there will be, you know, airport express trains that will take you, you know, to, wherever your hotel may be in, you know, hopefully it's near the central station, wherever that city you're flying into. Um, other thing I want to mention is that you have to plan for a safe um, shoulder bag or bag where you're going to put your belongings because I don't want to say this. We have them in the Philippines where I'm from and Unfortunately, there are pickpockets, so you have to be careful about that. So that should be part of your planning. Like plan for a good, safe um, shoulder bag or a bag, or how do they call it in New York? Pocketbook that you put your um, wallets into. Because I don't know if I just imagined this. Even when I was in Berlin, I was on top of the, the dome, the cathedral. My bag was open. And I'm very careful about my bag, but somehow when we were taking a picture, I noticed my bag was, my bag zipper was open. And thankfully, my wallet is inside a zipper, another zipper inside my bag. So whoever it was, and if there really was someone who tried to like pickpocket from me, that person wasn't able to get it because my wallet was inside another zipper inside my bag. So plan for that as well. So... The other thing that I want to tell you and talk to you about is uh, do not convert withdrawals or purchases into U.S. currency. What I mean by this is that when you are getting money or using your credit card or debit card for purchases or you get money and withdraw from an ATM machine and the machine asks you, do you want to convert this to, to $250 U.S. dollars or keep it as is as a withdrawal for $200? Euros? Choose the latter. Choose the the no conversion part. Skip the, the conversion into US dollars or whatever your currency is and just go for whatever it, the actual amount is that you were trying to purchase in euros or pounds and keep it that way. Let the bank um, figure out how they, they, they convert it. Because interest rates or conversion rates fluctuate, foreign exchange rates fluctuate. And if you choose to like have your bank converted, you will be tied to that, you know, to that conversion rate that they implemented that day. And if the conversion rate drops the next day, you will lose some money and you don't want that. So that's just another practical tip to include in planning for your trip. You'll understand what I'm trying to say once you make that purchase or um, make that withdrawal um, when you go on your trip. And then there's food. Food is another thing that you should not, that should not be difficult to plan. I mean, tr 
I try to be a budget traveler, but I know it can be hard, you know, to to work and plan around food. And for me, it, it isn't and it doesn't. And even though food is my thing, I love tri- like trips to places where there, there is really good food. And unless you're a Filipino who needs to eat rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, food should not be a, you know, should be a no-brainer. But like I said, because food is my thing, I spend on food. And, you know, I, I spend money on food when I go on my trips. And, but to plan it easier, what I do, and you may include this in your planning, like a strategy, is to have a simple brunch. And that's because, like I said, I don't wake up early anyway, so that this works for me. And plan to have a simple brunch or breakfast, and then, or if you're doing intermittent fasting, it works even better for you because you don't have to have breakfast, but just plan a simple, like, food or, you know, like, early breakfast. Or if you're, like, a person who likes to have heavier breakfast instead of dinner, then you can switch around. Plan a heavier lunch or did I say that right? If you're a person who who likes to have heavier lunch than dinner, then you can plan it around lunch. Uh, or if you're a person who likes to have heavier dinner over lunch, then plan it around dinner. But bottom line is, like, try to have just a simple, like, breakfast or brunch. And then whatever your preferred heavy meal is, plan around that. Pick a place that you like that you're willing to spend on. And I'm like that. Like when I went on a trip with my friend Angie to Berlin in November, what we did was we just had croissant in the morning, croissant in the morning and coffee. And then both of us were not like early wakers. So that wasn't a problem. So we just had croissant in the morning and had coffee. And then we planned for like a really nice dinner. And that's where we splurged our money on like nice dinner in a nice restaurant and we we included that in our planning without going too crazy we just like hey tomorrow i found this thing that you know um is michelin rated or this thing that my friend told me that it's nice and the food looks looks nice on yelp and that's one thing that you can do go on yelp and look at those restaurants that you want to go to and you know see what you want to do for dinner or lunch that day food shouldn't be hard it really shouldn't be um you know it shouldn't be a headache and then another thing that you need to include in your planning is the cell phone i love my smartphone my iphone i love my social media so and i love to post a lot of stuff you probably know this by now if you're listening to my podcast so if you plan to be posting and using your cell during the trip and not just wait to get back to to get back to your hotel uh, to get Wi-Fi. Then get a get one of those SIM cards that you can install on your phone. And this is probably something that a lot of people forget when traveling international. Do not be like me because I've always like known this. Yet I still use my Verizon, which charges ten dollars a day for just 0.5 gigabytes of usage of high speed internet or browsing. And then it slows down after 0.5, which really sucks. But, and Verizon used to be good at this, where they just, you know, give you, like, they just charge you $10 a day, and it doesn't even slow down. And 
that's how it was when we went on to Shamuni in 2016 and I believe 17. But then after that, they slowed it down after a year, which really pissed, which really pissed me off. So plan on getting those SIM cards if you're stingy and don't want to have to wait, you know, for to go back to the hotel to post some stuff or like, you know, Google some stuff while you're there. And um, yeah, because it, it really sucks to have like slow data when you're um, outside the country, especially when you're trying to figure out where to go or which direction to take to say find a restaurant or whatnot. Which um, leads me to another, you know, sort of like component to this thing, uh, electric adapter, like phone adapters and whatever it is that electronic that you're planning to bring on your trip, plan for and look up the adapters that that country will be, not you will be, or uses, I should say, what that country uses. Like Germany has a different electrical outlet. It's... uh, what was it? I don't remember. But like Chamonix had, France had a different one. They use cir- circle, circular like outlets. So you have to plan for these things because different parts of Europe, don't assume that because you're going to Europe, you only have the one type of adapter. No, don't make that false assumption, like wrong assumption because you won't. Believe me. I learned that, I found that out from my trip um, this like two, three weeks ago, because I went to many different countries and I needed different kinds of like charger. And it was a pain, like different charger for Malta, different charger for Geneva, different charger for um, Italy and France. It was a pain, big time. And then bring to, um, plan to bring portable chargers because it is really, it is really painful being in a foreign land and you need directions and people don't speak English or refuse to speak English, and you can't get directions because your phone is dead. And you don't want that. And if you go, like, say, to a country like Italy or Milan, which I found out, not a lot of places have this, um, have outlets that, you know, you can plug in to. Like, a lot of the coffee shops that I went to didn't have outlets that I can plug into. I think they're just not as generous as we are here in the U.S. where you go to Starbucks and they actually like have tables and, you know, um, like high, high table or high seats or like bars that you can, that actually have like mounted chargers right there. So plan to bring portable chargers as well. Um, and shopping. Oh my God. If you are planning to shop in Europe or in countries that have that exempt program, meaning you buy something and they refund you for the tax that you paid for if you're not a resident of that country, like the EU. Um, yeah, it's 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 really worth to shop in Europe if you're in onto like like if you like fancy things or you know designer brands that are made in Europe because not only will you buy it cheaper there, but also you get you don't have to pay for taxes if you're not an EU resident. So what I mean by this is if you buy something and they refund you, like I said, for the VAT that you paid for during the purchase, you know, and it varies by country as to how much, you know, how much you you can get back depending on like, you know, like 
depending how do I say this depend depending on which country you're gonna go to you'll get different amount back for the value added tax that they they charge you with and which equals to the amount of VAT you will get back as a refund it also depends on the country as to um, how much your minimum has to be how much is the minimum on your receipt to be for them to refund you like if you go to um, France you have to have at least 154 154 euros and 95 cents of purchases on your receipt before they can give you or uh, allow you to apply for the that refund but if you go to Portugal they only require you to have 61 euro 50 cents on your um on your receipt for them to refund you back and again depending on how much uh, that uh, that country implements or uh levies on their um how do you call that like people who buy like um not retailers but like people who purchase consumers then that's how much you get um at the end of your trip so um, countries, uh, but one of the things that you have to make sure though, is that you have to have your receipt because that's how you, they, you can file for the VAT refund and you will get a lot back. Um, I, I made a purchase for over two grand during my last trip to, um, to Italy and I got 306 euros back as a refund for the, for the VAT. And that's a lot of money. And bottom line is the higher the purchase, the better, the, the more refund you get, right? It, it just makes sense. And it it is important to not use your items, the items that you, you purchase right away, because some countries, they're very strict about making sure that the items have not been used. And of course, the other things, thing that you have to make sure is that you cannot buy your friend, say you have a friend in, 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 the, in Europe, and you buy this for this person, and this person, you know, keeps it with them in Europe because they're going to check you for that item, um, except for one country that I know this will not. And that's Italy. Uh, if you're asking for a refund through like uh, using their global blue kiosk machine, they actually don't look at your items. So there's that. But you shouldn't because that's illegal. You shouldn't do that. You should just like get VAT free for items that you actually plan to take out of take out of Europe and bring with you home to say the United States. And um one other thing that I found one thing that I found out that the school about Italy is because they now have these global blue machines and I think some other countries have these too, but I did not see it in France. But you can just run your receipts and you know your boarding pass. And your your boarding pass has to show that you are within four hours from departure, and you can just run your receipts and your boarding pass right there, and you they will process it for you. You don't even have to um, wait for a person to sh to be there at the at the because sometimes they would have a booth right next to the kiosk. You don't even have to wait for an actual person because you will find out that if your flight is especially early, it's hard to get your um, that refunded because you will have to have a person stamp it at the airport. Although the other thing that's also worth remembering is that if you shop at these big um, department stores in in Europe, 
they will have a VAT refund section usually on the top floor of that store, but you, you, you only have to ask and they will direct you and tell you if they have it or not. So make sure when you make large purchases, you have, you ask the store if they do like the VAT refund thing, because it's really like, you know, worth to get your money back. Um, what else am I forgetting? I'm sure there's probably still more that I have not mentioned here. But if you have questions, you know where to email me. It's right on the, the podcast description. But if you don't have it, it's blueheartblueheartblueheart at gmail.com. That's blueheartblueheartblueheart at gmail.com. Um, and I just want to say that the important takeaway from this podcast is plan your trip around fun and restfulness. Don't guess you know, don't get too stressed out over planning and doing things that in the end you don't really enjoy, but you just do and go just because somebody said that, you know, it's good to go to and it's good to eat at and you're not really enjoying it or not really liking it or not digging it or it's not really your thing. Plan it around you and restfulness and, you know, what you get out of from that trip. That is my that is what I want you to take away from this podcast. Plan it about you. Because in the end, you know, this trip is for you. This, you know, this, this trip is for your own well-being. And vacations are meant for us to recharge, for our souls to enjoy and ponder on the beauty of life. And it's for us to smell and, you know, stop and smell the roses roses or the tulips and taking the scenery because in the end what is life going on vacation without all that right anyway so there's that practical tips on that you want to include in your planning for your next vacation and i thank you for being with me here on eat meditate live and i will see you or chat with you again next week here on Eat, Meditate, Live with Cat B. And I wish you all a very wonderful weekend and a very wonderful week ahead if you're, you know, planning to listen to this on a much later day than the weekend. Thank you and see you next time around. <laughs>